I was very much um, walking in someone else's path of success. And I think you can only do that for so long without feeling the impact. And I just think after doing it for so many years, I just felt so unfulfilled because my needs and values just weren't being met. But at that moment in time, I didn't know that. Welcome to Spotlight with Kirsty Waite, where on today's podcast we're going to be talking about money, the value of money, the route to happiness and overcoming burnout. Do you want to, Kirsty, do you want to just give a quick brief intro to yourself, um, mm-hmm. who you are, what you do, what your business is called? Yeah. So I'm Kirsty Waite and I'm a business coach and mentor for primarily service-based businesses and freelancers. So I help them achieve any goals or put strategy in place and structures into their business to help them thrive. Amazing. And um, you've already contributed a blog, which I've, I've obviously read. It was a, an, an interesting read. I think one of the first things that I picked up on um, was that you, um, you're from like a background of <clears throat> entrepreneurs, which is interesting in comparison to myself, because my mentor, uh, my godmother, she had a business and I watched her have that business as like literally a child and I was like obsessed with with what she was doing. So um, how important is your background uh, being surrounded by entrepreneurs and, and what did you learn from that growing up? I think I think everyone's background is important to them. It, it's what makes them unique, isn't it? And that's what makes me unique to the work that I do. But by the the experience and knowledge that I kind of acquired as I went along my journey from even being really small and growing up around you're very aware of business like you you are you are aware of making money of clients of work coming in the door and you are in the the thick of it you know like you get you around conversations around business you understand the impact of not having any business and throughout being young um, there was times when things were quiet and then there was those difficult conversations and then also there was times when things were thriving and you knew about that and I think by the time that I left school and decided to go into business it was just very natural a natural progression to me um, and I think uh, a mentor of mine always uses the term transcend and include and I think when we are when we embark on to new things whether that's a career or a business we think we kind of start from scratch, but we're not because we've got skills and knowledge and life experience based on what we've seen and heard and experienced around us, whether that's from growing up or in your career. So my background is really important because it's really unique to me. And that's what makes me different. And that's what makes you different. And that's what makes everybody different. So there's like there's hundreds of business coaches out there, but there's only me with my specific background and knowledge. And when you, um, in your blog, you talk about how uh, you uh, left like education and you sort of went into a, into a career and you did that for quite some time. Mm. Um, how, I think, I suppose the question that I, I've got around that is, um, why do you 
why why do you think you didn't feel fulfilled in life at that point I wouldn't say in life I'd say in work, in work. I think yeah in my in my work and life and I think I think looking back obviously looking back is wonderful isn't it and I think we all have intrinsic values we all have things that are important to us and which drive our actions and behaviors and I think these, this is how we get fulfillment by creating our day-to-day life around what fulfills us and brings us joy. And I think looking back during my corporate career, like that spanned span like 20 years, I think by the end of it, I just felt out of alignment with actually what my personal values are and what really meant, what was important to me. And I think I was very much um, walking in someone else's path of success. And I think... You can only do that for so long without feeling the impact. And I just think after doing it for so many years, I just felt so unfulfilled because my needs and values just weren't being met. But at that moment in time, I didn't know that. Like I didn't sit and say, oh, my values aren't being met. I'm obviously feeling unfulfilled. That portrayed into just me not being happy in my career anymore and not really knowing why. I think I had a very similar experience. I was on holiday uh, in the Caribbean on an all-inclusive holiday that was paid for by my bonus, by my corporate Mm -hmm. bonus. And I was uh, sat just sunbathing. um, And it was like on the last day and it was like time to go get ready to go home. And I actually started to cry. And I, it was at that exact point that I realised that my I absolutely hated my job. It wasn't that the job was a bad job either. It mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. was, for me, was just like grinding my soul into the floor, uh, <clears throat> which was a real, we, uh, luckily at that point, I was just before I turned 30, mm-hmm. I was kind of self-aware enough to realise that it wasn't actually the job. It was the fact that I really wanted to have my own business yeah. And I was like running out of, in my mind at that point, I felt like I was running out of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it kind of like forced me into action. But it's definitely, uh, it's interesting to, to how you sort of like, you didn't quite say the words, but when you look at it with rose tinted glasses now, you're kind of like, oh, I was feeling like that. But really, it was like, yeah. actually, yeah, it's a timing thing. And I can totally relate to that feeling of running out of time. And I think that's a huge thing that I work with with clients as well, because, because they think they're not they're not where they want to be, they have this kind of pressure on themselves. It's like this clock running out of time. And then, but operating from that place isn't healthy and you don't make good decisions from that because all you want to do is change where you are right now without taking a step back and going, actually, what's going on here? So when you when you talk there about being on holiday and having that coming to the realisation of like, you just cried, I've been there, you know, like I, I remember when, I was in corporate. I used to go on holidays all the time, right? And this whole thing is like, one year I think I went on holiday like five or six times. And I remember saying to my coach at the time, oh, I just love holidays, you know? I just love, I love being away. And like, she was like looking at me going, right, let's explore that more. And it was actually, I loved being away because I got to relax and I got to be me and I got to be out of that role and that career. When really it wasn't the holiday that I was wanting. It was the freedom away from what I was living every day, going to work. One of the exercises I did with uh, uh, my therapist when I um, left my first proper corporate job in advertising, I decided that um, I was earning too much money to leave, even though the job was making me miserable. 
So we got my bank statement out and went through it with a highlighter pen and highlighted all the money that I wasted in and around the office and being at that job. And uh, I was able to take a 65% pay cut and go and work at a different job because I just wasted so much money trying to make myself feel better about mm -hmm. doing this job. And it really, yeah. bizarrely, I, I felt like I'd had a pay rise when I swapped jobs because I just wasn't, wasn't squandering money, feeling like a, a hole that the, yeah. the job was paying me loads. Mm -hmm. it and that's leaving me at, a, at the end of the day. What a great exercise though, isn't it? And I think also it's not just about the money. And yes, we have mortgages to pay. And I understand that we have to take some kind of responsibility for that element. But I was very much the same as you. I was stuck in a career earning a certain amount of money thinking I can't leave this now because I'll never replace this. And, you know, what am I going to do? But I, I didn't need that level of income to maintain my happiness in my life do you know like yeah. and just like you you sit down and you say right well how much do I really really need to survive because surviving and having fulfillment and happiness to me was much a much nicer life to live than living that high income lots of holidays trying to escape from the life that you'd created the craziest thing I remember about when I worked in the, the, that type of job was I probably used to spend about five or six thousand pound a year on clothes right which was to buy clothes to impress people in the office that I hated going to. <laughs> it made no sense. And when I started this business, I used to live off £50 a year in Primark. Like, yeah. I went from a six year closing budget to, like, 50 quid. I was just like, this is fine. These but you genuinely don't mind. When you're aligned with what you're doing and you know what you want to achieve, you don't mind just having a £50 clothes budget from Primark because you know you're happy and you know that this is you're working on something that means something to you and you're passionate about what you're doing so it takes quite a lot of self-discovery to sort of like get to the point where you can uh I, I, especially when you've got two types of entrepreneurs really you've got entrepreneurs that are going at it from scratch straight out of school and then other people that are like leaving their job and obviously that in my opinion is the hardest step is to go yeah. from a really well-paid job. I mean, when I left my job, I lost my car, mm -hmm. my computers, my health insurance, which covered physiotherapy, yep. my lunch allowance. I used to get 100 quid a week to buy lunches, yeah. which yeah. if I didn't spend, just went to Marks and Spencers and rammed it in the fridge at the end of the week. So it was a big loss. Yeah, like, I get it. Um, yeah. So what advice would you give someone who is struggling with their journey of self-discovery? What sort of tips would you give them to allow them to focus more on that journey I would say and this is something that I really struggled with for a long time and you know it took me uh, like I'm stood here now on the complete opposite other side of it but it took me I'd say around eight years to get there like I would say four of those years was complete I hated I really need to do something about it but I would just say just start start exploring be curious but really stay open to what you, what you're doing and question your beliefs and overall be kind to yourself but give yourself time like remove that pressure of the ticking time bomb because if that's sat on your shoulder you're going to you question it when what I used to do when I was that person with the ticking time bomb going I need to find a passion I need to find a passion I need an exit route I need to get out of this I need to get up leave corporate but I don't know what I'm going to do literally I was like this I was on a roller coaster constantly going is this for me and everything I approached I approached it with 
can I make as much money doing this as I can in my corporate job? And obviously everything was no. So it was like, well, there's no point doing that, right? But really what you're trying to achieve is find out what really gives you energy, what fulfills you. It's about a journey of self-discovery from you, not for your profession. That will come and it will lead to that. But you need to know, first of all, what kind of life you want to be living, who you want to be working with, what do you want to bring to the world that's bigger than you? You know, like what input are you bringing into the world and what do you want to do? And create, like actively seek out things that broaden your beliefs and horizons. So like, sign up with a coach, do a course, meditate, learn something, like learn something, you know, but just constantly ask yourself questions. And there's loads of self-help books that kind of take you through guided questioning for yourself. And like, make sure you know what, what your values are. Like, what is your passion? What is your mission? And I imagine if you're lost on that journey of self-discovery, you don't know any of this. But unless you take the time to take a step back, and just be nice and kind and ask yourself, but give yourself time. That's all, like, I would say. I think that we um, <clears throat> we here have a, quite a strong mantra in our, our, our offices that we actually just sell time. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's what we actually do. We just, we just sell time. But the, what we do is time consuming. If we can do it much quicker and more effectively than somebody doing it themselves, you're actually actually give it, giving them time. I think mm-hmm. as well, like... Um, it's interesting you said that like if, if you could go forward and look at yourself after you've been on a bit of uh, a journey of self-discovery, it's kind of not as scary as uh, it seems when you're sort of like trying to like branch out in it. And I always think for me, it's interesting that I was somebody that was um, really money motivated before I, uh, you know, I had a commission based job. I've always had commission based jobs. You know, more you put in, the more you get out. So I've always sort of been that mindset, but I think it's interesting that when I moved into my own business and then as my business grew, um, I'm not focused on money uh, at all. It's more like, wow, I get to do this every day for a job. Like I'm so that, that I'm more grateful for that decision to leave my job than anything else. Like you get up in the morning, it's like, wow, this is my job. How lucky am I? I, think- I, gen- I genuinely believe that profit does follow passion. I do. I think if you get, if you, if you find what you want to do, it's like going to that, that quote that people say, like, if you find what you love, you never work a day in your life. Like, I genuinely believe if you find what you really, truly want to do and you love it and you enjoy it, you'll find the profit because you're just showing up with a different energy. I think also we live in a world of Uber and Deliveroo and like the next big idea. Yeah. And I think a lot of the younger generation don't realise that you don't need a big idea. No. You just need, if you enjoy doing it and you can make a living from it, that's like what 99.9999999 recurring percent of the people on the internet are trying to do with their lives. Uh, it's not about nine figures. It's about sustainable lifestyle or life that your business can bring you. Absolutely. And I think online at the moment, it's just, there's all people shouting about six figure this, seven figure that, do this, do that. And people feel like if they don't reach that point, they failed and there's no point doing it anymore. But like you say, a sustainable business takes time and there's not, nothing to say that you're not going to earn six or seven figures, but it's going to be in a time that works for you in a way that works for you, not a hundred mile an hour trying to copy somebody else's blueprint or 
business processes because it's got to be so aligned to you and then it'll feel good and it'll work and you know but trying chasing the money is going to lead to unfulfillment in a very short space of time I think you have to be really mindful of the people around you as well because I think that um if you're in a, uh, if you're in a relationship for example that has an imbalance when it comes to the idea of like chasing the money mm. um it, it, it that can be a hindrance uh, if one of you is chasing cash and the other one's not chasing cash yeah. uh, and, and you, your your relationship can become unaligned based mm. on uh the first for money i think um just moving the conversation on slightly i think one of the things that we do have, have advantage for coming from a career into entrepreneurship versus just going straight into it is our concept of burnout and understanding what 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 burnout looks like and i, I can i can imagine from reading your blog you, you probably found yourself in a similar position to me where it was almost impossible to get out of bed to go to the office let alone actually physically do the job yeah. uh, when you got there so just really briefly what did burnout look like for you I think with burnout, it's really important that it looks, I think it looks different for different people. And I think there's a clear, you need to understand the distinction between being busy and stretched to stressed and burnt out. Because I think yeah. like, we kind of like talk a lot about burnout and stress a lot. And sometimes it's just to be really clear what it is. But for me, and like I say, it's very, it can come out in a very different way to different people. But for me, it's it was all around um, not being able to think straight, not being happy, just not want to go into work really struggling to kind of regulate that emotion of what's going on and I think the pressure you put on yourself and for me I just buried my head and worked because uh, like my whole thing was if I work harder I'll be happier because I'll just get to where I want to be I'll get more money and then I'll feel good yeah. you get more money you go on another holiday to get away from what you're doing to make more money and it was just a complete circle of I just can't do this anymore. And it got to the point where it was so toxic for me. I just, like, it just, I dreaded it. I used to break up, finish work on a Friday and literally Friday evening, I'd be worried about the Monday thinking yeah. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. And I think it's got, it's got to sometimes get to a point where it is, you, like, you can't manage it anymore before you actually take stock and go, do you know what? I'm not, I can't do this and do something about it because you've got to push yourself into a corner of pain, don't you? Sometimes before you think, right, the alternative has got to be better than this. Because at that time, at the time of me, that have me feeling like that, I, I was a significant earner in my households. I had a young child and it wasn't just the pressure of me feeling a certain way. It was me being able to look after everybody in that household as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And somebody that is experiencing burnout right now, what, what would be your... What would be uh, your sort of like number one piece of advice for someone that's thinking to themselves, do you know what, I feel burned out, what should I do? I think it's really important to recognise that you need help. And that help may be different for different people. It may be that you just need a break away. It may be that you need to change your circumstances. It may be that you need to go and speak to a doctor. Like it's different for different people, depending on your situation. But I think one thing I would say is, go back to this staying curious thing is identifying what's driving it and what needs to happen to fix it so is this something like when we talked about us being in that corporate environment was actually like so toxic to us and draining like we need to get out of it or is it a case of 
you are just really overwhelmed with the amount of workload you've just gone through a really busy season at work or you just need a break like what it actually is it and what's driving it because when some of my clients come back to me because they have this burn they repeat this behavior and they're constantly hitting burnout and it's because there's other, they're not dealing with other things and they're not dealing with the source of what is actually driving it. They're doing the sticky plaster fix, taking two weeks off, going back thinking that it's all fixed. But in reality, it's not. So I would just take some time out, just explore, be curious. If you need help, ask for it. If you need to go and speak to a doctor, go and do it. Just give yourself that time and just be kind. Just be kind to yourself. Um, one of the things that I, I, uh, I'm interested to ask you is something that I, I, I pulled out of your blog, which is definitely something that I personally uh, struggle with. So it's how do you have a difficult conversation? Being a leader and a manager kind of set me up with, to manage this kind of thing. But also in life in general, I'm quite open and straight talking. And I just think I've kind of have the opinion of if everyone can just be adults and have a conversation about it everyone will know where they are everyone will understand the situation um i think being not being quite factual and straight to the point and it's not a personal attack sometimes things need to be said conversations need to be had but there's no reason to for it to be aggressive or for it to be um like you know diminishing to anybody i just think sometimes you need to be you need to have those conversations and just be an adult um but for a delivery of one i think using the your own skills to balance kind of your backbone of harshness and your heart of softness to how you deliver that and i think also i think a sense of humor and being able to get on with people helps um, and I don't mean just start laughing when you have to have a difficult conversation. I mean, in the right environment, you know, you can build that relationship and connection with people, which allows difficult conversations to happen easier. And one of the things I, th I think uh, difficult conversations is was is definitely something I've had to like really work on last year, even as a, like as late on as last year. It's like something I'm at, at continuously. Uh, having to work on mainly not so much with customers but more uh internal i think that's yeah. just like part of my makeup it's not i'm not someone that's ever been in like a dis giving discipline out and stuff mm. like that in any in any capacity previously so i i i, I do find that a challenge and i think yeah. it's something that a lot of people find is a challenge when they move into uh, managing people for the mm -hmm. first time so yeah. outside of like having difficult conversations I mean what advice would you give you give somebody who is moving into managing people whether that be managing clients or managing a team or managing their family their desire for them to go <laughs> it, it all needs the same skills yeah <laughs> decide I think the first thing I would say is decide what kind of a leader you want to be right and be intentional about it so what are your expectations and be really open communicate what you want from people like and I, when you talk about the difficult conversation i think if expectations are set and managed properly it reduces the amount of difficult conversations you need to have to have and i think this comes when you start and out managing anybody in any capacity of communicating effectively setting your ground rules setting expectations and deciding how you want to show up and being the kind of leader that you really want to be 
and not just what you've seen, not just what you think you should be. Like what do, what feels really good to you? Like, you know, what do you want to create? But having boundaries around that. You're, you're really talking about uh, being quite premeditated with it, sort of like do your research, make some decisions mm. and then be premeditated in, 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 in its delivery. Yeah, be intentional. Like be intentional. If you want to create a culture where people feel comfortable to come and talk to you, create that. If you want to create a culture where you do not want to be disturbed and uncommunicated via email. <laughs> yeah, do it. It's not going to work, but do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere in between, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And you can see a lot of... Um, uh, uh, again, it's like being a leader is quite difficult because you're, you're not necessarily born a leader. Quite often you'll be promoted into a position of leadership because you've shown a good intent or good outcomes in, in your job, which is very much what happened to me at work. I was yeah. like... I was only 24, so I didn't really want to be a manager. Like, I'm just trying to spend this commission. You want me to tell other people what to do? It was a, a difficult transition for me. And I think a lot of the time, when people are promoted into a leadership role, like yourself, it's because you were good at your day job, right? And the, the irony is, the more of a leader you become, the less of the day job you do. So people assume that because you were good at doing the job, you're good at managing people doing the job. And I think that's a key distinction of when you go into that role, do you want to manage people? Like, is it the people that really get you out of bed on the morning? Is that what you're there for? Do you want to create a good team? Do you want to be collaborative? Like, is that what you want to do? Or do you just want to do your day job? Because it is a different role and it needs a different set of skills. So the last few uh, sort of like questions that we're going to look at is just sort of like... um... Uh, I'm looking at the past, looking at the future. Um, so the, the first one is around therapy, actually. So I am someone that's uh, invested a lot of time and a lot of money uh, in, in therapy in the past. The question is, um, what's, what, what's the best thing about getting therapy? Everything. <laughs> everyone should have it. Like, I genuinely think we'd live in a happier world if everyone had a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that sounds a bit, um, a bit crazy, but genuinely the journey of self-awareness and it provides you with skills to help you do it for yourself so like it gives you the found it helps you I've experienced I've had therapy I've had coaches I've had career coaches I've had life coaches I've seen psychiatrists like I've kind of experienced a lot of different support and there is different things for different situations, but also what they do is they kind of, they're an intervention for what's happening right now in your life, but they also equip you with tools and techniques that you can use yourself in later time. So you can self-manage what's going on and you can take yourself through that exploration and asking yourself the questions because you have that self-awareness of what's going on. And like, you've been through that with somebody. So I think, the best thing about it is it's kind of an intervention for now, but it also sets yourself up for the future and gives you a higher level of self-awareness. What would you say to your teenage self? What, what piece of advice would you give to your teenage self? I think it would be around follow your instinct and believe in yourself. Um, I think as a teenager, I was really, well, I am a confident person, but like, I was just like, I'm going to conquer the world. Like no one's going to stop me. I'm just going to go and do it and and I think then when I got stuck in that career I kind of felt a lot of frustration so I just think I would say believe in yourself and keep going and then one day you will become that unstoppable person that you envisage when you find 
it, what it is you should be doing. And it might not look like you thought it was going to look when you was a teenager yeah. as well, yeah. 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 Amazing. So, uh, to last question then is really just to understand what the future looks like for you and your business. What are, what are your what are your aspirations and goals for the next? Uh, oh. Yeah, I just feel all excited when I get to talk about it because it just like after so many years of being misaligned, I just feel like it is um, it's all around bringing to life what I've been dreaming about for so many years, you know, so I'm doing um, a group coaching program I'm creating a high level mastermind for some amazing women. Um, I really want to write a book about the whole experience. Um, I've got an online course coming out, Do you know, like all this stuff is just kind of like bubbling away with excitement and it's just ready to come out. <laughs> busy then. Yes. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah busy. And have you got execution plans in place or are you just going to roll with it? No, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Um, I'm not one for having a concrete, solid plan. I'm one to have a vision and a way to get there. But I'm not. I'm not attached to the outcome of every single little thing. I adapt. I think it's important in business to be agile and be fluid. Um, but I have. I have a roadmap. Let's just say. And um, are you going to take any breaks, or is it going to be like full on all year? Straight. No, uh, what's really important to me is building my business around kind of what I, this is the whole purpose of what I do is help people create a business around what they want to do. And my, around what I want to do is be able to take time out during school holidays, um, to, you know, or reduce the workload significantly. So obviously to create that, I've got a plan for that. It's not, it's not just going to happen automatically. So very much there, there will be breaks built into there with busy periods around that. But I take the rough of the smooth. I think to allow me to have that time off, I'm willing to put the work in and be a bit busier in another month. So Amazing. Well, best of luck. Um, well, thank you. I, I, everything goes uh, according to plan. And if you don't go according to plan, it, that's that, isn't it? Just it is. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So that completes this episode of Spotlight With. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and we'll see you really soon for some more episodes.